You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Happy Friday. It is Black Friday today. I don't think I'm shopping at all. Are you shopping? I need to really not. We mm-hmm. talked about this in our budgets. I need to not. I actually despise Black Friday because I worked in retail for three years, four years. I don't even remember. And I was the assets protection manager. And so I was in charge of all of the plans for like the lines and getting like the police to be there. And it was just craziness. It was fun, but it was people get crazy on Black Friday. Let's just put it that way. And it's just over the top. You can find so many great deals online throughout the mm-hmm. year that are pretty comparable to Black Friday. Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. Cyber Monday is where it's at. I actually saw a really funny meme that I posted, reposted the other day that was like, how come grocery stores don't do Black Friday? Like, give me half price off Tide, Tide Pods and one coffee creamer. I'll be there at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. This is so true. <laughs> I just distinctly remember going to Best Buy when I was in my teens. We might have been like 14 or 15, my nephew and I went out there with my brothers because we, they wanted some laptop or some TV or something. And anyways, they had like 10. And by the time we got there, everything was sold out, but we were so excited to stay up, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to stay up all night and we're going to go to all these different stores and just ridiculousness. But, um, hopefully, you know, things I think also have just changed with COVID. I'm sure most people aren't going out. I don't even think a lot of the stores are opening as early as they used to. So bless you retail workers. Thank you for your hard work. I hope people are kind to you because I know what it is like on Black Friday when people Mm -hmm. destroy your entire store and then you basically spend all of the lull overnight period cleaning it up for it to be destroyed again. (laughs) That sounds awful. I'm so sorry to people that work retail, but yes. Anyways, okay. let's talk today. about experience and yes. <laughs> how experience is the best teacher because I think that actually fits in perfectly to what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. When I think mm-hmm. about going to school for organizational leadership, the experience that I got at Target in leadership, the experience we have now with managing mm-hmm. a team and being business owners, it's the best ever. I mean, you cannot learn any of this stuff in a textbook. You really can't. I don't can't. even know why I went to school. Like. I played sports. I think that was probably the biggest benefit of me going to college. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I go back and forth with this all the time with art because I am very much a proponent of higher education. And I think my experience from his college experience was just different. You know, I didn't go and play sports, but I worked throughout college. I was president of a business fraternity and I was just involved in a lot of things that, you know, I don't know how much plays into my life today, but I just think they were pivotal years in my development. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, like, here's the thing. I think college gives you life experience, you know, it gives a ton of like living on your own for a lot of people and some people managing money. And like, I think everything outside of the classroom at college, like how to work hard, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I think there's a lot of other things that can teach you that like having a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, no, here's um, the thing that I, I think about college is like no one is coming to save you in terms of like doing the hard work because you have to get your, you have to earn your grades. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I think that there's a lot of other areas of life where, you know, people just think like, oh, somebody else will pick up the slack or somebody else will do it for me, but nobody can save you in that. And, um, I don't know. I just, I loved Illinois state. I loved everything about it. I worked Mm -hmm. at the credit union and, you know, obviously studied abroad in France. So I don't know. I miss those years. I'll be honest. I don't miss, I mean, I, I don't miss college. I I don't miss the hangovers. I can, I don't like, yeah. I mean, I always had bad hangovers. They got worse after college. I didn't drink a whole lot in college because I played two sports and I was like always in season. And so for me, yeah, I drank in college. Definitely in my later years too. I went to school in Memphis. And so unfortunately it wasn't like a college town. So you had to have like mm-hmm. an actual ID to get into bars yeah, um, or like a really good fake ID. And so I, I was also a young person for my class. And so I really couldn't go down to like Beale street and party with people until I was senior. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't drink a whole lot until I actually drank more after college than I did in college. So yeah. I had a unique experience. It was much more about sports for me. Um, but you know, I still got my partying in my senior year. It was Beale Street's a good time. Beale Street is a good time. It's so funny to think about how you and I have talked about like, oh, should we like go out for like a night on the town and maybe go dancing, you know, relive some of our younger years. And then both of us, when we talk about it, we're like, yeah, but we live in Chicago and everything opens when we're like going to bed. So I don't even think we would make it. And so Becca and I will send each other memes of like what real life footage would be (laughs) if we went out and like actually tried to make it out. It would need to be a day drinking thing. Like I'd need, I'd need a day thing. Is there anyone out there? If you know of a club that exists like during the day and it's really dark inside. So it feels like nighttime. That would be great. But I I could also just imagine you would like find a couch in the club and you'd go to sleep and I would be like raving by myself because I, that's what I was known for. Like I just would like dancing was my thing. Like they, mm-hmm. my friends, I'm so thankful that none of them have ever posted videos of me on social media. Cause like, I mean, I just thought that I was the best hip hop dancer and clearly <laughs> I was not, but I mean, I knew how to bust some moves. So anyways, gosh, those are fun times to Nick think makes about. makes fun of me all the time from like my college. Like Nick didn't know me in college, but when I talk about my college days and like, I thought I was the shit with <laughs> dancing. I totally did. I often and say- it was, <laughs> I do you have videos? You should show me videos if you have I, them. You know what? I think my brother-in-law has a video of me trying to recreate and I think I've talked about this once before. Justin Bieber's music video, sorry. The girls in the video are amazing dancers. Watch the music video. I think I got really drunk on New Year's one year and thought that like I could dance like them. And my brother-in-law took a video of it. And I'm pretty sure it's still floating around. This was like pre-children, pre like this was like seven years ago. Um <laughs> So maybe we'll have to dig that. <laughs> yes, that would be hysterical. I think I only have one picture from a day that I'm like distinctly remembering on St. Patrick's Day that, yeah, I just thought that I was like the best hip hop dancer. And mm-hmm. yeah, I made a lot of friends though on the dance floor that my friends were oh, like, yeah. why are you talking to those people? I'm like, because we're friends. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was in my own world. I don't know what other people were thinking of me, but I had a good time. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? Is that you have a good time. So, okay. Uh, let's dive in today. So it's Friday Fire. You know, we are always bringing some sort of heat on Fridays because that's what Friday Fire is. And we're talking today knowledge versus exposure. And I think we're, this is going to be really good for a lot of people who hold themselves back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was actually... I kind of got this concept from an Ed Milet podcast. I think it was one of his very first podcasts, actually. It was called Unlocking Your Success Code. And if anyone, you know, needs a little bit of motivation, like listen to this podcast. He has so many golden nuggets in it. But one of the big points he covered was this concept around knowledge versus exposure. And he said, I see a lot of people with knowledge lose. 
I don't see a lot of people with exposure lose. And so what does he mean by this? Like when we talk about knowledge, we talk about the people that consume all the information. Like you're on all the email lists, you're listed, you've listened to all the self-help books, you've, you know, had intro calls multiple times about maybe joining a program, you've tried all the diets, but like you haven't stuck them out. And basically you've never fully committed. You've consumed all of the information and like you want to know all the things, but you haven't taken action on it. Like you're, I, I think this is the main reason people do this is because they're afraid to fail. They're afraid the grass is not greener. And so they stay stuck and they stay in this place where they're not happy because they're so afraid that things may get worse. But you don't know what's going to get worse. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I'll say this was me, you know, in the, the beginning years of studying nutrition and wanting to leave Target, I would join all these email lists, right? I would go to conferences with art, but I never fully invested until I remember um, I hired my first business coach. This was before I met Becca and I was working on a course that I was going to create. And at that time, unfortunately, my mom got diagnosed with ALS right in the middle of it. But that was a really big growth period for me as an entrepreneur or someone coming into the coaching space because I actually started taking action because there was somebody there holding me accountable to doing it. I had all this knowledge already, but the problem was the follow through. If you're not following through, you're not ever going to get results. It could be your diet. It could be your nutrition. It could be your finances. It could be, you know, a ver- you know various things in life, right? But if you're consuming all of this information, you have all of this knowledge, but you're not taking action, it's powerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like, and here's some examples. So like, if you've been trying to diet, quote unquote, diet for years, like depriving your body, probably the restrict binge cycle, like you restrict during the week, and then you overconsume on weekends or whatever it is, you know, you probably need to eat more like you've, you've gotten the information about like, certain diets, maybe reverse dieting, and you've like learned probably what you should do. But you're so afraid to actually do it, because you're afraid to gain weight, or you're afraid of what might happen. And so this is something that I think we see more than anything is plenty of women we talk to, we explain why they probably are not losing weight. We explain that it's probably a matter of them having, you know, metabolically adapted to a low place Mm -hmm. to where they aren't in a calorie deficit anymore, even though they're not eating enough and like they're, or maybe they're inconsistently eating and they're like, that makes so much sense. I need to eat more, but then they won't do it. Mm -hmm. They they know what they need to do, but they won't do it because they're terrified. They're terrified of gaining weight. And so here's the bottom line. Could you gain weight? Yeah, you might gain weight, but it's actually going to set you up in the long term better off to be able to lose weight more effectively and be in a healthier place. But people are so afraid of, you know, it not working how they want it to work or exactly how they think it's going to work. And so they never actually commit to it. Mm-hmm. Or I think too, they're afraid to admit that what they've done hasn't worked or that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, Emily Valencia's, uh, testimonial that she did with us, she was talking about when she first came into the program, she was skeptical. She's like, I don't think that they're going to teach me anything that I don't already know. And so (laughs) we were talking, you know, that she said, I'm just going to start with one month with you guys and then we'll decide from there. And then, you know, by three weeks in, she's like, I'm paying in full for the rest of the coaching. You guys are amazing. This is so much to learn. And she hit the nail on the head. It's like, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. We think we know that the answer to weight loss is to, again, we say this all the time, eat less and move more. And for some people that can work. But for those of you who continue to eat less and move more, you're just putting your body into a worse off place and you're afraid to admit that you're wrong. Here's the thing. 
you are not wrong. It is that you haven't sought out the help to help educate you to fix these things. And you've just been doing what the Google machine might have told you to do. But that Google machine doesn't know shit about you. The app that you've been following, my fitness pal, we get this a lot, right? With new clients, like, where did you get these intake goals? You know, and it might have been my fitness pal, it might have been my plate, it might have been Noom, whatever. And I'm like, okay, but this doesn't know that you are postpartum. This doesn't know that you are perimenopause. This doesn't know that you have Hashimoto's, right? And so we have to just understand that there is nothing that can replace a human that has a lot of exposure and experience, especially when it comes to technology. Maybe down the line, they'll come up with something crazy, but that's never going to replace like the exposure and the experience that people have. And Beck and I were talking about this the other day is like, with our, you know, coaching program four years ago, that exposure to getting to work with a lot of people helped teach us a lot. Experience is our best teacher. And so hear me when I say like, you might be afraid to admit that you're wrong, let go of your pride or you're never going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I see the same thing with workouts. People think that they're like super high intensity, lightweight, you know, orange theory or like miles they're running or whatever it is. Like, even though they're running their body into the ground and they're not seeing progress anymore and they're exhausted and their body hurts, they're, they're afraid to change their types of workouts. Like I was thinking about this this morning because I was doing a workout and I was very limited by like my grip strength in the workout. And I was not, I wasn't sweating very much. I wasn't breathing super heavy. And I was like, a lot of people would probably think that this workout is not very effective because they wouldn't be sweating and they would, and they were limited by their, you know, ability to have muscular endurance in this workout. Not all my workouts are like that, but today's was. And I was like, I know the benefit of this right now. Like I am building the muscular endurance that I don't have in these movements and what's limiting me. But most people would finish that workout and be like, that wasn't that hard. It wasn't hard enough. It didn't burn enough calories. And it's not understanding the big picture of like what all of it breaks down into create long-term. And that's, I think weightlifting is probably one of the prime examples of this, of people not understanding how weightlifting sessions and lifting heavy progresses into a better body composition long-term. Because in the moment, people think I'm not burning enough calories. I'm not sweating enough. It's not hard enough. Mm -hmm. And then they don't ever actually commit to it long-term and they don't realize like what it could have done for their body because they felt that again, they, they thought they were right. They thought that their answer of, I need to burn more calories. I need to sweat more. I need it to feel harder. They thought that that was the right answer. And they're not willing to be open to another possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think it all comes down to like, you have to be open minded when it comes to what could work when what you're doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. Like what's the worst case that the can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen is if you're in a place right now where what you're doing is not working and everything that you've tried is not working and you try something new and it doesn't work, guess what? You're still in the same place. But now you know that you tried this other thing that didn't work. So that's also not the solution for you. Try something else. Keep trying until it works. How do you guys think that Becca and I built Fit Mom Lifestyle? We kept trying until we found out, okay, this is what we actually want to chase after. This is what really works in terms of like reaching people, right? Sharing our podcast, like figuring out how to make a freaking podcast. How do I edit all these things? What equipment do I need? We just showed up and we just kept taking imperfect action. And we found out the things that didn't work. And we found out a lot of things along the way that did work, right? And so we went 
with those. And then they stopped working at some point in time. And then we changed our strategy again and that stopped working. And it's ever evolving. We are all ever evolving. You're going to go through different seasons of your life where your training program needs to change. You're going to go through different seasons of your life where your nutrition needs to change. This kind of goes back to what we talked about with the, you know, energy model, right? When we're younger, energy model typically works for people. Calories in, calories out, easy peasy. Your hormones aren't wrecked until after you have babies, right? Um, Or you have, you know, other diseases show up, autoimmune conditions, PCOS, endometriosis, things like that, that play a role when you have that diagnosis. Now you need to change your strategy in terms of how you fuel your body. If you want to get a different result, you've got to stop doing the things that aren't working and start trying to do things that could actually work. Yeah. I think of like uh, baseball players, like, you know, those those guys that are in the Hall of Fame, bat 300. That means you hit the ball three out of 10 times. You fail seven times and you're a hall of famer in baseball. Like that is a perfect example of exposure wins. People that have the most at bats, the most fails, the most tries, the most like flat on your face moments, because those are the people that know what it takes and like what needs to happen to get to where they want to be. The people that implement and realize, oh, this isn't enough. I need more. Or in another, you know, example, how do you know what is good if you have nothing to compare to? Like, I, I think of, you know, how I feel now. I know what feeling bloated feels like. I know what feeling good feels like. I know what feeling awful feels like. And if without all of those comparisons, I wouldn't know what I wanted to feel like. I wouldn't know what it would take for me to get there. Liz and I talked to a lot of our clients about figuring out what like your personal guidelines are for yourself to know you will always feel good. And that takes a lot of practice and trial and error and mess ups. Like for what, for me, what I think of, I've experimented a lot with alcohol in terms of how much is too much for me. And how often can I drink and either maintain weight or still see weight loss if I'm in a weight loss phase? Like a lot of that is trial and error and intentionality around what I'm doing with my diet, with my nutrition, with my exercise, with, you know, alcohol consumption. I've found I can't really do more than one to two glasses. If that I don't sleep well, I don't feel good the next day and I can't do it often, maybe once a week, maybe if everything else is in line. And so like all of these little things that we have found that we have to have in place to have us feel good and maintain what we've worked to accomplish has been trial and error. It has been me failing, me knowing the environments that I tend to fail in, me evaluating those things and not beating myself up because what a lot of people do, they go out, they mess something up and they beat themselves up over it instead of looking back and reflecting and learning about it. What did this fail teach me? What did this experience teach me? Okay. I don't want that. I need to change to do something different. And that's what I think, you know, like Liz mentioned in uh, prepping for this, like experience is the best teacher. Mm -hmm. You learn what you like, you learn what you don't like, you learn what you want for yourself. But so many people I think float through life without awareness that they never actually experience and understand what's going to be best for them. They just go through, you know, oh, I feel really good right now, but not knowing what's causing them to feel that way. Or I messed up. I'm such a failure. And then they hold that identity. Like it's just, it's these extremes. Yeah. Julianette and I talked about this on our live, um, last night, but when this airs, it'll be a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the saint or sinner mentality. And the reality is for everybody, you know, we're all saints and sinners because Becca and I both, we have times where we fail 
To this day, we have times where we don't maybe stick with the perfect intake. You know, we indulge a little bit more at a family function because, you know, we just weren't paying attention and we just kept eating or snacking at the snack table, right? And it's not a failure. It's a moment in time and it's a nothing when we move past it. What is a failure is letting that slide into the rest of the week the way we used to do. Both of us used to do this, self-sabotage. And it was like, okay, well, if I went out and I had something on Friday, might as well enjoy Saturday. Let's have Sunday fun day, drink and eat all the things, feel like shit on you know Monday. So mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you have to decide like how much you want to experience your at-bats. How many times are you going to step up to the plate and you're going to take a shot? Or how many times are you going to you know, decide that, nah, I don't really want to today. Because we're not going to get anywhere if we don't take the shot, right? I think of like the basketball um, and Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan and how many times that he stood there just repeatedly. of the shots you don't take. You miss them. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's all we got for you guys today. Just a little. Take imperfect action. That's what, that's what we want to leave you with. Take imperfect action because so many people expect to have like the perfect situation. It's not the right time for me. It's not, you know, I think my ducks aren't in a row. You guys, my ducks are never fucking in a row. Okay. My life feels like chaos 24 seven, but I have the right things in place to get through that chaos. And you know what that took? It took working on it. Even when things weren't perfect, it took committing to things and saying, you know what, let me see what happens because what's the worst thing that could happen. I could come back from it. We can always come back from it. And that's what I think people don't think about. So what? You tried increasing calories and you gained a little bit of weight. Okay, let's adjust things. Let's look through things. What could we have changed? What can we you know, mess with? What can we pivot? What can we adjust? There's always an answer, guys, but we have to figure out what the answer isn't to be able to find the answer. And that's what we need to understand. You got to take the at-bats, like Liz was saying, even if it doesn't feel you know, like it's 100% the right time or I don't feel good, you know, good about it. If it makes you a little uncomfortable, if it scares you a little bit, you probably should be doing it. Yep. It's the exact thing you should be doing. Anything mm-hmm. that scares you. Because if you stay in your comfort zone, you'll never change. So start taking imperfect action and you're going to learn along the way a lot about yourself. You're going to learn what works, what doesn't work, and you'll find eventually the solution for you as an individual. And that's how you're going to get to the other side of being free from dieting, essentially. You know, when I think about even what we do, like even though I went through, you know, the fat loss phase or the cut phase or however you want to call it, right, just more of a strict time in my life where I thought, okay, this is a goal that I want to, you know, chase after in this short period of time. Like it's still just part of my lifestyle. Like I was just eating less of the foods that I normally eat and being a little bit more strict with alcohol and stuff, you know? So at the end of the day, you're going to find what works for you. We're going to find what you like, what you don't like. And that's going to be how you find that long-term success that you're chasing after, but you haven't found it yet. And then I just want to say, we know the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing that you're doing right now that's not working. So start looking for something that could work and know that that risk is there, but it's not going to leave you in a worse off spot than you are today. So take the risk, take the shot. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.